With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Welcome everybody to the A Plus Player Podcast. Uh, Once again, I'm your host, Banks. uh, Welcoming everyone to a special edition of the A Plus Player Podcast. uh, Most notably because we have a returning well, I guess the the king is returning back. Uh, we want to welcome back SPL. Uh, everyone that is familiar with our podcast in our league knows that SPL is the reason why we even have a podcast. So we want to welcome him back and, and thank him for being a co-host tonight. So SPL, the uh, floor is yours, my friend. Thank you so much, sir. It's uh, glad to be back. It's uh, I really appreciate the welcome back. I wish I could have done this sooner, but... Uh... Uh, life gets in the way, um, but uh, I'm really happy to be back and part of this again. Yeah, we're absolutely thrilled to have you back for sure. And, um, you know, we are, what, 22 episodes into our podcast here, plus the the few that you had done during your first run as a GM. So it's been a great addition to the to league. I think even RW threw a podcast or two together at one point on his SoundCloud. So um, it's, a, it's always going to, I think, be – uh, part of our fabric, so we we are appreciative of uh, your idea and allowing me to run with it. So once again, uh, I, I thank hey, you. Great job keeping it going, man. I'm I'm happy that I was able to add something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we are also having a returning uh, co-host, uh, Hebes. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, always a fan favorite. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, thanks. Honored to be here with uh, both you guys. Talk about sim league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think with uh, SPL returning, uh, we all want to know, uh, I guess the big question or what the information we want to know from SPL is, um, Red's Apple Ale, are you a fan or are you uh, a hater of uh, Red's, uh, Red's Apple Ale? Where where do you stand on this SPL? Um, it's a nice curveball to throw. Um, I'm more of a fan of uh, stronger ales. I'm not a big fan of IPAs. It's too much of a bitter beer for me. Um, I'm drinking my Smithwicks right now, which is an Irish ale. Um, but I do have um, a kind of like an apple, because it's a cinnamon apple something similar to red apple that I have in my fridge. And I'll throw as a curveball between two or three ales, um, just to get a little bit of a different taste in my palate. Well, we... Uh, that's we, that's we, disgusting. We, it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we are big fans of anyone who's a fan of Red's Apple Ale. By uh, it's been uh, discussed at at um, length, but Red's Apple Ale was our chief sponsor while you were gone, and, and ratings were okay. great. And then we lost our sponsorship because everyone in the league started trashing Reds, and and they pulled the sponsorship, and our ratings tanked. So we're trying to get them back. We're trying to woo them. So you are in the right step, the right direction. Hebes is a Reds hater. Um, he he doesn't drink that. He's very much a, a beer snob. Uh, Heebs, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm actually not drinking anything tonight. I'm, I'm drinking mostly water. Um, but no, I I definitely don't like uh like the Reds, and it's not like I'm a, I'm a beer snob. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of your your regular lagers, your 
your Pilsners, your light Pilsners even I can drink uh, as a session beer. But Red's Apple Ale just tastes like it's like <laughs> chemical apple what? skunk piss. It's disgusting shit, man. When I when I go to back to my fridge, I'll have to tell you what I what I what I grabbed. It's not Red's Ale. It's something else that's similar, but it's uh, it tastes really really good. It's got like a cinnamon aftertaste to it. Uh, do any do any of you guys or do well, one of you guys drink any of the ciders like the Angry Orchard or anything along those lines? I've tried yeah, Angry I, Orchard. It's okay. I yeah you? I I really like ciders. I mean uh, I don't know if I've had Angry Orchard. I try and try any cider that's on like a tap anywhere. I I like more of like a dry cider, so not not nearly as sweet. Uh, but I like sweet too. It's just my my preference is for dry. Uh, all right, gentlemen, let's uh, transition into or let's get into a little sim talk. I think uh, we want to once again congratulate Dirt for knocking off the thunder. Uh, everyone was pretty tired of the board color, so uh, Dirt has returned as our, our conqueror, our hero here, um, knocking off the thunder. Uh, and he had a little bit of drama. I, some people were a little bit upset uh, with his big lineup, once again winning the title instead of trying to copy him and duplicate it and win a title that way, other people went and cried about it and shout for a long time. Uh, I don't know if the rule has been put in effect or we have a change, but I'll let you gentlemen kind of break down this whole shooting guard, small forward drama. Uh, Heaves, I'll let you go first on it. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, I think it all came about because people have been moving uh, players that were created to be bigs to small forward. Uh, moving them to small forward allows them to have some training camps where they still grow your, your some of your, your big attributes, but more importantly, they get three-point shooting. So, um, and, you know, maybe more of like the wing defense. And then they can play them as shooting guards. Like Nick Fazekas is, is a great example of that. Um, a player that was built to be a big man, but wound up uh, being just a really, really great shooting guard. And with the size and rebounding advantage, he has as like an A minus rebounding because he's listed at small forward, so therefore his rebounding isn't capped. Ankley thought that was sort of not fair. Um, I think there's definitely an argument to that 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 is sort of a, a cheese move, but you know anyone can do it, so it's you know sort of the the old cheesers argument that they're just taking advantage of um, an existing loophole in the rules and software. So um, I'm not going to take a, a side one way or the other on whether or not that needs to go. The thing that I take real issue with is that Ankley then lumped in um, shooting guards who who are built as shooting guards that are moved to small forward. Prime example is um, you know on my team Michael Red. I he he was a, a good rebounding shooting guard. I moved him to small forward just so he wouldn't be rebounding capped. Um, he's still C plus, so he's still eligible to play. But if he were to go to B minus, which is still potentially a, a legal uh, grade that wouldn't actually be affected by the the shooting guard cap, Ankley would have that that player be ineligible. Which you know I get that that's potentially uh, circumventing the rules of the software, but I'm not sure that that's really cheesing in the same way. It's definitely you know um, trying to take advantage of. Uh, mechanic in the software, but I'm not sure that it's it's such, such such a major advantage that you know it's broken the system and we need to somehow outlaw, outlaw that. So it, it, we went from and I, I'm completely uh, you know I, like I said before we started the podcast a little out of loop on all that. So not only did we have the one 
uh, rule changed Anki then twisted in a second rule change uh, that he that he wanted, and now there's a cap on shooting guards. Is that where where they yeah, can well, play I mean, or where they can't, or in essence where? Yeah, so the shooting know, guard needs to have a C plus grade on the great rebound. You can't uh, you can't have a higher of a C plus grade on rebounding on the shooting guard if that's. If and I'm so correct. this is why and this is why Dump is so upset because he's no longer able to play. Um, uh, his his star player at small, uh, shooting guard any longer. He's had to move him back to small forward. Is that is that where dump rage came from that I noticed in in shout the one night and and his new name change? Um, yeah, that would be my assumption. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the Celtics roster to see if that's actually true right now or it might be true in the future. Um, you know, I mean, it's. It's possibly true. It's possible that Dump's just being dump and, you know, is trying to find an issue to be outrageous and angry over. So um, I, well, I, 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 don't, I don't know the answer, but it's definitely possible. Well, I, we know that the, the main reason is because of the free agent results, and that's why uh, a large majority of his anger towards Anki uh, has come come to happen. But I think uh, him not being able to – last I checked, I thought he was listed as a small forward. Of course, uh, the main board, com is not uh, cooperating with us over the last 48 hours. And so to bring yeah, Rogers up, it's taken long. Is it Marcus Wire that he wants to play there? Or? Correct. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a B minus rebounding grade, so he would have to play a small forward. Yep. So, so the, need, the rule, just to just to make sure we all understand the nuance there is that, or the the proposed rule, it's not actually a rule that's in effect yet, or maybe it won't ever be, frankly. But the rule has been proposed is that if you are a B minus at small forward, you have to move your player back in the software to shooting guard to apply any potential rebounding caps. Mm-hmm. It is possible exactly. that at shooting guard you could still have a B minus rebounding grade. So there might not actually be a cap there, and moving into shooting guard might not actually adversely affect your player's attributes. Well, I mean, I've been I've been doing like um, stuff like this, games like this online for God, fourteen, fifteen years now, and um, what you guys are talking about it's kind of always been around where you you got these loopholes in the software. I mean, back I've done baseball for many many years. And um, there was loopholes about, I mean, playing second baseman that's at catcher uh, with defensive ratings not, not being that much different and being able to take advantage of that and getting better hitting catchers, um, moving people around to different positions that weren't realistic, like left-handed third baseman and, and other just goofy stuff that to take advantage of the software that, you mean, the bottom line is, I mean, we're trying to play a game here, and we're trying to keep some sort of realistic feel to it. And, um, and uh, I mean, if you're moving a power forward to shooting guards, I mean, you, you have to kind of use some common sense here. And, and I mean, you just can't manipulate um, the gaming software uh, to get the, um, the results that you're desiring. I mean, if, if you change the position in the game and it's going to have an effect on that individual, you need to um, – you need to have, I mean, some sort of interpretation for how the game's going to determine that. I mean, if the player were to play that position, not and not you just playing the position out of position to get the software to um, give you the desired result that you're looking for. Um, so, I mean, it's, I mean, it stinks, but I mean, you also have to have some sort of realism to it. I, I really like the the changes that were made with. Um, with having the backups, you can't have um, 
your starter as a backup. I mean, as as a second string. I mean, to me, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, yeah, I, I I would agree with you there. I think uh, Soup's change of the depth charts, uh, not allowing you know any starters to be a backup, that was a good move. I also think uh, the tweaking of the pace, even though scoring still seems high. Um, you know, uh, I, I think it, 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 like he mentioned before, it, early results were promising. I don't know if he would still feel that way, but I, I think that all those changes were were good for the league. I think, um, you know, maybe this shooting guard thing is a little much. I don't, I don't know if uh, it's really that big of a deal. Um, you know, I, I don't think it is. I mean, because I, I think it's more people making an issue out of. I mean, because to me it seems like there's been a few changes in a row, and people are just kind of saying. People are hesitant and resistant to change. Um, and any time a change comes up, they're going to, I mean, get pissy over it and, I mean, bitch and moan. And um, it, it, it stinks. But, I mean, you have to look at what's kind of best and, and uh, see what makes sense. And, and um, I mean, sometimes, I mean, too many moves at once might not be best for the morale of the league. I mean, it's maybe it's better to do things over the course of seasons and let, let's see how um, things pan out over the long run and kind of take it from there. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I one, one thing to really to, to, to maybe mention also in favor of not making a change, um, you know, it, I, I, I think having a power forward playing shooting guard, that, that size and rebounding advantage has the potential to um, cause some, you know, unwanted consequences, some, you know, unfair advantages. But then you also have to take into account the fact that, you know, big men, especially Soup-designed big men, who I think Soup has done a, a pretty good job of trying to identify, you know, like, what their role is on the court and building them to, to play that role. You know, they're not going to be good shooting guards. They're going to be poor defenders. Um, and, you know, you might pick up a few extra rebounds and you might score a few extra buckets, but you're not going to play good defense. Um, is sort of my take on the way that I think that rule would be implemented going forward. So, you know, maybe it worked for Nick Fazekas and it might have worked for a player, another player or two, but I'm not sure long-term you're going to be able to move, um, you know, a big man that's created to be a big man to shooting guard and have that be a viable option for your depth chart. Well, didn't, um, I mean, didn't we do away with all of that with the way um, the new rules came in? If, if a guy's power forward or, or how they're labeled in their profile is basically going to dictate determine where they can and can't be played. I mean, yeah, well, I think it was, it was you only told, for you centers. You one thing, but I was able to move uh, a, a, um, um, what's his face down to power for, from power forward to a small forward for me and, and uh, Ackles. Um, and, uh, I mean, he got a plus three on his defense when I moved him from power forward to small forward. And, and um, I mean, so far he's shooting 50-plus percent at my, at my small forward position. So, I mean... I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, so so the rule is actually that any player that's listed as center in their profile isn't eligible to be moved to any position other than power forward or center. So you have to be either a center or a power forward center. Um, but any player that's listed just as a power forward can be moved to small forward and then effectively played at shooting guard without having to um, encounter any rebounding caps. I, th- I, th- I think that's that's the sort of you know breakdown that Ank is trying to address. Yeah, is this is this in your opinion, guys? Ank, uh, his wheel idea has failed, and this is his way of grabbing more power in the league. Uh, his push, his agenda. Obviously, uh, you know we know that Ank can be sneaky. 
uh, obviously untrustworthy. Um, your opinion on where Ank, uh, Ank and where his maybe hidden agenda is on this? Go. I mean, I, I, I would love to say it's a power grab and absolutely we shouldn't do this because I think, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't adopt the rule. I don't think it's a, a great rule. If anything, I would adopt, the, you know, you, you can't move a player to small four that was built to be a, a big and then play him with shooting guard. Um, if anything, I would adopt that rule. So I, I would love to say it's a power grab and shouldn't do it. But honestly, I, I think Ank is, has, a, has a good point. It's just a matter of how, how, how big of a advantage you think it truly is and whether it's worth changing rules and you know having to, to police that in order to, to fix something that I'm not sure is that big of a break. Um, I think a player or two might have, have shown a weakness, but I don't, I'm not sure that that's going to be a long-term issue. Yeah. Uh, SPL, your your thoughts now that you've returned uh, back to the league, your early thoughts on, on the culture of the league. Uh, are we still a toxic crew, or in your opinion, have we yeah, you, matured a you bit? Can't, you, you, can't, you can be. I mean, I mean, the other day, I mean, I was in chat, and I was like, oh, wow. Um, I think you were going at it with, um, with soup over something just so stupid, and I'm looking at this going – Jesus Christ! Can, can't we all just fucking get along? I mean, let's give each other a hug or something. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, again, I mean, I'm the cranky old man to get off my fucking lawn, but um, I mean, I, I'm probably the senior of this group at being 40. But um, I mean, I just look at stuff like this online, and I mean, I mean, I come online to talk a little sports, and I mean, when people start talking trash, I mean, I just kind of look the other way and say, you know what? I mean, not what I really want to deal with or deal with. I mean, I'm just coming online to, after I put my kids to bed and or I get done with doing something with my kids as an escape to kind of, I mean, have an hour or two of normalcy of talking sports with other level, somewhat level-headed people that are complete fucking morons. Um, so, Drink. So for me to sit here and, uh, and I mean, Book in a romper room, like and be almost like a babysitter. I just have to kind of shake my head at times. But so far, I mean, so what I've seen in chat, I mean, yeah, there's been a couple flare-ups of stupidity, but I mean, nothing like before. I mean, before with, um, um, I mean, there was just too much stupidity, just arguing over the most minute, inconsequential bullshit that. I would just look at it and go, what the fuck am I doing here? I mean, this is just a waste of my time. I mean, so trying to argue with fucking morons. I mean, um, so, I mean, so it was a lot of frustration with that. And, I mean, me trying to be nice to people um, consistently. Um, I mean, I, I think I've run a pretty good track record of not getting into arguments with people online. I mean, I've been on the main board for quite some time and, and for the most part, when people deal with me, it's usually pretty positive. I, I don't get into arguments. I don't get into pissing contests. Even when I have a different disagreement with an opinion on somebody, I might, I might feel differently, but I'm not going to call you a fucking retard or, or, or talk down to you in any way like other people would. Um, I'll just go on my different opinion and go my own way with it. Um, I mean, because obviously I make mistakes and I'm wrong. I mean, fuck. I mean, sorry that I can admit something like that. I mean, we all are. I mean, we all look at stuff and we're wrong. I mean, just because you type something on the internet doesn't mean that's accurate or true or it's or it's the Bible. I mean, just stupidity like that. I mean, it's just something that gets me, and, and I try to.
stay away from it as much as I can where I can um, get into more level-headed uh, conversations. So I think last time it was just kind of a um, – it was like the perfect storm where I, I think it was just a few things that hit me at once. And I just said, you know what, I don't want to fucking deal with this right now. And I walked away. Well, the good news I think for you SPL is that dump has taken a much more passive role in the main board, uh, re in the main board civil league recently. So a lot of the stupidity has, has gone by the wayside, although you will have to deal with the random flare ups between soup and banks. But I think that's more of like a brother, brother flare up than anything else i don't think that's like uh you know and there's no anger or um, yeah it, you know it's sort of like a, you know, as, as oh, soup is saying in chat right now it's sort of like their family and that's sort of the, you know one of the things i think that you know to the extent that there are flare-ups like that i think just recognize that you know we sort of it's all uh but, but for, for the most part the other day, yeah but the whole thing with that the other day is i mean it, 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 it it's not something that carried on and lingered and went on and went on and went on I mean, they argued for the matter of, I mean, a two, three minutes, and then moved on to the next thing. It, was, it wasn't like before where it was like fucking an hour later, and we're still talking about, I mean, the, I mean, the quantum physics of what this means and the, what words you said and how fucking dumb you are. God, just fucking move on and shut up. So I think that's kind of the point where I got to with my level of frustration of having to real, read the childish stuff. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with what's his, um can't remember the fucking dipshit's name, but he's uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates fan. Um, not oh, having him around. Divine. Who? Yeah, and not having him around, I think is a huge fucking help because, I mean, my fucking head hurts after any conversation <laughs> that I try to have with him. Yeah, Divine is still learning that Southwest Airlines uh, – has cheaper fares and that you don't uh, you can't find them online through like orbits and stuff along those lines. So the poor kid is is definitely short a few marbles, but um you know he he is a Pirates fan and you got to give him a break for that. They're they're going to lose tomorrow, so he's he's it's some people want him and some people like him. I personally am happy he's not part of this league just because he is uh, you know a little bit unstable, a little bit dump esque, and I think dump does enough of that. We also had some guys like Too Poor that was in here that was part of the league at the time too, and he just wanted to troll and just piss people off a lot. And he grew up a little bit, came back, met Dump in real life, and is now uh, having a divorce because of it. So you know, karma's a bitch. Be careful what you do online because it will come back to haunt you. Um, Hebes, your thought, uh, your feelings. I mean, obviously SPL had to get that off his chest. He's he's been away. I'm gonna be yeah, no problem. Go ahead and grab a beer. You know, but SPL has been away, and guys have had their run and say about you know things, and and so now your thoughts about where the league has come? I, obviously, he said Divine was a big issue, and 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 where do you feel the league is? Are we more mature now, a couple months down the road, uh, than we were back then? Was it more wild uh, wild west back then? I mean, I I don't know if it's more wild wild west. I think there was a lot more activity. Uh, a few months ago, which led to more disagreements. I mean, there were just more people in shout constantly that could cause a flare-up. Um, I think, you know, people in, in general are, are are just as contentious maybe as they used to be. But, um, you know, for, for my, from my perspective, I've come to appreciate that most of the disagreements um, are friendly and not necessarily as mean-spirited as they, they seem um, in the very bland tone of text. I mean, sometimes when you read shout, you think, uh, people are really being, you know, digging their teeth in and being really mean-spirited. But after, you know, uh, whatever, 
10 months or whatever I've been part of this, I've realized that that's not necessarily the, the, the case all the time. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. I, I think that um, I think that was a case of what happened the other day when SPL was talking about the argument between Soup and I. I was just basically just trying to ch- jump in and, and ask a quick question on, on the update of the league and things along those lines, and it was taken as me just being a pain in the ass, but there was no intentions of that whatsoever. Um, you know, but, you know, Soup really needs to um, take the thong out of his ass and, and stop crying like a little bitch, and things will be a lot better, you know. I think he's just ultra-sensitive for being the ruler of our league. You know, he uh, rolls with the iron fist. We, we fall in line, and he should just be confident in that, but instead he's he's very thick-skinned, and you got to be very delicate around children like that. You know, you just really, really do. And so uh, with that being said, I think we should hop into um, some off-season talk here, guys. Uh, Real quick, just to get back on the beer talk, the beer that uh, that I was talking about is called Spider Boys, Mad Bark Apple Cinnamon Hard Cider. It's very, very good. So it's it's an actual cider and not like a malt beverage like Red's Apple Ale. Correct. I'm yeah, that, that that could be really delicious. This is the Red's Apple Ale that's right now. Okay. I, I guys, you know, we can't keep uh, you know our our advertisers if we trash them. So Heaves, I would like you to just step away from the phone when you feel the need to bash Red's Apple Ale. We're trying to get them back. We 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 flirted with uh, not your father's root beer, but it's just it's just not going to work long term with them. So we <laughs> need a. Uh, have you tried it? No, that sounds really gay. They, no, oh my god. <laughs> Does it sound gayer than than a red apple ale? Um, almost. Not really. Not really. Well, what am I saying? I'm drinking fucking something called Cider Boys, and that sounds really fucking gay. That sounds too much like Cider Boys. That's fair. I'm about to have fucking flashbacks to a priest touching me. Gentlemen, with that being said, uh, SPL, when you were here, uh, I think you were part of the end of the Dilworth dynasty. The Houston Rockets were pretty much running the league. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, okay. And um, when you left, we had another Western Midwest team uh, just rule over us and just dominate us in the Oklahoma City Thunder, the now Oklahoma City Thunder. They were Soup's former squad, the Dallas Mavs. Uh, and and thankfully you've returned and the sun is starting to shine and the clouds have started to break and we may uh, have a more balanced league. Uh, he, he, so you're I trying to say you, that I'm gonna fucking make the West really fucking bad? Thanks. I, yeah, I mean, listen, hey, uh, I, you we need to get worse than Banks has. Let's be honest about it. I mean, Banks has done a pretty pretty fucking good let's, job of fucking up the West. Fucking retarded boy, the, the team in the West, and let's fucking level this out. Thanks, man. That, but I'm just, you know, we can't all be, you know, elite GMs. You have to have the top. You have to have some in the bottom. You have to have some people in the middle, like Yon. Yon lives at 500. That's that's his little spot there. And then, you know, we we fill in our roles everywhere we can. There can only be one elite top GM, and that's usually your champion. And right now, that's dirt. So, you know, that's that's where we're at. I'm down here in the bottom, and that's fine. I, I I'm I'm. I'm holding up the basement uh, walls and all that, me and me and Faison. But you know, we have our role right now, so we're we're happy with that. But with that being said, uh, Hebe, your thoughts on on uh, the Thunder's run and where do you think their roster is this year? Obviously, with Aaron Harrison, the super twin, um, he, they, he should still be a contender long term. But where do you think? I mean, obviously, uh, are you picking that? Are you picking them to be a top team in the West, or where do you think they're where they're at right now? 
Yeah, I mean, they're obviously an outstanding team still. Aaron Harrison still looks like the best player in the league. Um, you know, he had some, as everyone expected, he had some salary cap attrition. You just can't keep the quality, the, the number of quality players that he has on that roster long term. Um, and I think, you know, he's preparing for the the re-signing of Maurice Stokes, who looks like a really good big man and is still only 23. And so he traded Quentin Richardson, got a, got a pretty good return for him, and, and slotted Sabo Cephalosha, who is a you know plus defender, but not really a great scorer um, into the shooting guard role. And so, I, you know, I, I'm not sure that team is as strong as it was last year, and they didn't win the championship last year, but still definitely a contender, if not the favorite out West and therefore in the league. I also, um, you know, really like uh, Jan's team. Um, I know they haven't pre- performed particularly well. I'm not sure if that's a depth chart issue or maybe they just aren't as good as I thought, but I think that's probably, you know, if, if I had to, to say what my favorite out, out West is, I'd probably say it's the Sonics right now. Well, the Sonics had a hell of a run in the playoffs, so, I mean, they're they're just sort of a team that doesn't figure it out during the season, just gets in and then uh, outperforms their regular season come playoff time. Um you know, with that being said, Heebs, uh, do you think that it was just a fluke that the Thunder went down, or do you think that it's maybe a more wide-open league at this point? You know, I mean, do I think it was a fluke they went down? No. I mean, you know, Soup, Soup, Soup was pretty clear a year, a same year or two ago that, you know, the, the Thunder aren't the juggernaut that we made them out to be, and so maybe it was a fluke that they won as many championships in a row and, and ran through the West as dominantly as they did for so long. Um, you know, I think we for a long time had said that, you know, the best team doesn't always win in the playoffs. That was sort of the mantra of the league is that, you know, there's the, the playoffs are a crapshoot. It wasn't really until the dynasties, the, the Rockets and then the Thunder that we really saw one team year after year, just, just run train through teams in the playoffs. Um, and so maybe that was the anomaly and that now we're back to sort of the normal where, um, you know, it's a seven-game series, and anybody can win. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, hopefully now we're we're back to more of a like you said. There's there's no more dynasties because I think dynasties really, in a way, uh, kill the activity and the life of the league a little bit because people just kind of stay in a holding pattern. And like you mentioned, Soup said, you know, go for it, guys, because if you go for it, they're not this juggernaut that you're making them out to be. And I think the inactivity by a large amount of GMs that didn't really go for it, there was a couple of guys that, that kept tweaking their teams, and I think they, it paid off. Cause, I mean, you're one, uh, Heaps, that he kept, you know, messing with the team. Dirt's another one. You saw teams that actually tweaked and went after it had success. So hopefully people will get back to being a lot more active. Speaking of activity, uh, one of the biggest moments of our offseason is usually free agency. Um, this year was no different. We had a huge uh, offseason um, with uh, with movement, player movement. Um, the so We spoke about Ank a little bit in his quest to make uh, rules changes in the league better, in his, in his opinion. Um, his sons had a phenomenal uh, offseason. They added Jermaine O'Neal. And then they added uh, Jerry Stackhouse to that roster on day one of free agency. Uh, very big moves. Uh, gentlemen, obviously everybody's going to love the Suns' moves. Uh, SPL, you had uh, landed two two of the better point guards in the league. Uh, you know, you had your returning Stephon Marbury and then added Travis Best. Um, your thoughts, I guess, SPL, we'll, we'll get your thoughts here first. Um, Gauging player values, was it a little difficult when you hop back in? Um, and, and what do you think of your off season? And 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 you can then transition a little bit into uh, what you thought other teams did as far as free agency. 
Um, you mean obviously Inc. You mean he won it with 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 the two big marquee players that he uh, obtained. Um, you mean I kind of screwed myself. You mean I, I guess I should have known I would have get Marbury, but for some reason I thought that. Uh, I mean he would have thought that. Uh, you mean you got SPL as a GM. You mean he's a fucking retard. You mean why would I want to sign there? So I didn't think I would get him. Um, so I looked at Travis Best. I really like Travis Best, and when I got both of them. I mean, um, originally my thought was, okay, I'll play uh, best uh, at the point guard, Marbury as the two guard, and then um, and then uh, play uh, Evans as my backup point guard and pack up a uh, shooting guard. Um, and then um, I was able to uh, basically uh, get that to Frank Johnson and basically turn Frank Johnson then into a first round pick for next season where I don't have my first round and thought, okay, I mean, that's not a bad spin. And, and I really looked at the salary that I had Marbury for, and I really didn't think about think about that too much. I mean, when I started seeing the figures three, four years down the line, I'm going, oh, fuck. I'm really dumping a shit ton of money into this guy. So I thought, okay, you know what? It'd be best if I got rid of him. Um, where I don't have that salary, you mean, salary, you mean, consequence, you mean, in a few years when I might not be too good. Um, but, you I mean, still, I mean, I was able to add Carl Anthony Towns, um, Lovett, who I think is a good um, scoring option on my roster. Um, I mean, I really think uh, um, George Ackles, I think that he's going to be a pretty good small forward. Um, I mean, real good defense, good rebounding. Um uh, good inside score. Um, I mean, I'm going to pump some points into his outside shooting. Um, I mean, I, who knows? I mean, I, I might still be good in a few years, but knowing me, I'll probably be fucking terrible and I'll look to rebuild again or something. Well, you definitely uh, you, you definitely were active. Did you find uh, judging player value a little bit difficult, like what to offer uh, teams? Did you ask for any advice? Uh, when you went to make some free agent bids before you sent them out, or did you just kind of wing it and, and go for um, it, obviously? I sent a few messages of soup. I'll be honest. You I mean, soup, I, I kind of went to, and I said, what do you think about this? And, I mean, he just shot me a quick message back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I did get some input from soup um, on what he thought would be fair values. Um, he kind of, I mean, Best, I didn't think he was a max-level player. Um, and I thought I could get him for just under max value, which I thought would be a good good signing. Um, and, uh, I mean, right now I'm holding a chip of you mean, that Lewis Lloyd expiring contract. Um, I mean, and I'm thinking that I might be able to add something before trade deadline to make my roster a little bit more competitive, and, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah, SPL, your um, your general thoughts, obviously, as uh, I mean, uh, Heaves, your general thoughts on free agency. You made a move after free agency, but um, you know the Suns had the big day. Soup took a, I mean, uh, Dump took a big blow, uh, losing Stackhouse. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, sure. I mean, the so the the I'll start with the Suns first because that was like a double kick to the groin for me. I had a trade worked out pretty much to to trade that Suns twenty five pick for Rudy Gay. Um, after day one, two of free agency, I knew I was trading for Garnett and sort of wanted the dust to settle from that and see who else I signed for salaries uh, before I, I made that move. And so 
Um, you know, not only did the Sun signing uh, J.O. and Stackhouse devalue that pick enough that that deal wasn't workable for anymore for Rudy Gay, but then it allowed uh, Ankley to go out and get Rudy Gay. Um, so that that 25 pick sort of you know took even potentially a, a bigger hit. You know, ho- hopefully he's not able to re-sign Rudy Gay. Maybe he has a, a little bit of reverse free agent luck uh, this upcoming off season, but you know, obviously that's like that's stupid, great for his franchise, and I'm I'm happy for Ankley, you know, to go from an impending tank to all of a sudden signing uh, to you know elite, elite level players is is really really great. Um, you know, as far as as dump, you know, I I wasn't here for the the dump free agency coup, so. Um, you know, others might feel like it's a, it's a little bit of karma coming back to, to bite him, um, but you know, I feel bad for the guy. Obviously, he had done a pretty good job rebuilding that roster and um, lost a, a, a big part of it. Uh, I, I also feel really bad for Buster. Um, I thought Buster made a really good good offer for Jermaine O'Neal and was you know in a position to make his team pretty good for the next few years. And uh, that obviously didn't happen, so felt really bad for him. Um, I thought SPL deals were, were were also interesting because if you remember when when SPL had the Knicks, I'm sure SPL does. You know, he took a lot of flack from mm-hmm. Ian specifically for focusing on building a front court and at to, to the detriment of his wings. Um, and Ian, you know, sort of mocked him for not not having great wings. Um, you know, obviously. Dirt now winning two championships on the the inside big front court, um, big wings sort of has proven Ian's theory wrong that you need to have elite wings to win championships. But I, I thought it was interesting that that SPL went out and got two really really great wings, you know, albeit both both point guards, but could have put played them as the one and the two. So I thought that was sort of a, a little bit ironic that that SPL had had made those signings given where he was the last with, with his last franchise. Uh, given Tyus Edney's run uh, last year with the Nuggets and then carry, uh, helping carry that Clipper team to a win, surprised that he went for five years, $50 million, or do you think that people um, maybe thought he, he may be a one-year wonder, a little worried about giving him more than that? Uh, you're, you know, do you think he got uh, enough love this free agency? Obviously, Dirt brought him back. Dirt brought him back. I mean, I am a little bit gun-shy of – um, quality starting point guards. Um, he looks a lot like Billy Donovan to me, honestly. Um, his size, his age, his grades. You know, hopefully Ty Sedney improves and and becomes a, a great starting point guard. But I'm I'm definitely gun shy of of signing players like him to the kind of deal that that Dirt gave him. Uh, SPL, any deals uh, day two, day uh, day three, and on. Uh, anything like a, a value signing someone that you thought uh, you know got uh, was signed for cheap that was a uh, was a good coup for somebody. Um, I mean, uh, what what do you call it? I'm thinking day two. What was it? Oklahoma. Uh, I'm trying to remember who it was that signed that small forward. Um, give me a second here. Um. Who's that small forward that uh, that playing shooting guard? Fizikas? Didn't he sign second day for like twelve million or something? Uh, I think maybe Champ. Are you thinking of Champ Gobbled? Fizikas uh, signed for the Bucks for twelve million over one year on days one two. 
Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was day two that they signed. I might um, I might be wrong, but uh, I mean, I looked at that signing and God, I mean, I mean, I offered him. I mean, I really wanted him as my small forward. Um, but uh, but yeah, I thought that was a really good signing where he got him for like one year for like twelve million dollars. Well, Trophy um, has certain players that he falls in love with. And he'll trade them, and then trade back for them, and then trade them away, and trade back for them, and then sign them in free agency, and trade them, and then you know trade again back for them. And I think Champ, Fazekas, Allen Iverson, I, I think those guys are, are definitely three of uh, of Trophy's love childs, uh, his little babies that he uh, he beats them up and sends them off, and then brings them back in. Uh, and I think uh, he he went in got all three of them back actually, uh, if I remember correctly, he got Nick, he got Champ. And he brought back AI. So um, yeah, he, he he got a lot of he, uh, he went with a lot of veterans. Um, you know, he later made a trade there to get to change up the roster a bit. Um, but uh, uh, Hebes, your thoughts on on maybe a hidden gem uh, later in the in later in free agency or just a really great deal in your opinion? It could yeah, have been so I'm, too. yeah, I'm 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 skimming free agency, and there aren't a lot of just really, really great deals like maybe there have been in the past. Um, you know, I thought Steve Nash going for the MLE was a pretty pretty decent signing. I mean, he's not going to be an elite uh, point guard, but can definitely play a, just a premier sixth man backing up the one and the two, or he could be a starting shooting guard. I think that's a pretty good player to get for the MLE. I feel like Kurt Thomas, uh, this, one of dump centers, he looks pretty pretty good. He got him uh, for five years, about $10 million per year. Um, so I thought that was a pretty decent signing. Other than that, I, you know, I didn't see a whole lot that was just outstanding value in this free agency. Um, I do know that uh, Kane signed a, a lot of minimum-level players. I don't know how great a value that was, and he sort of shot himself in the foot, but he did sign a lot of those. Yeah, I think uh, Kane's also put himself over the hard cap and – then uh, was really trying to deal from a position of uh, no power and try to get guys to take these these salaries off his hands. Um, I think Faison was nice enough to help him out a little bit with that. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting uh, what that roster does because he definitely has um, a star three um, and not very much, uh, you know, throughout the rest of that roster. Uh, it kind of reminds me of what Ank used to do with the Suns and having a big three and then uh, a bunch of nothing surrounding them. And he had some regular season success, but it just never translated in the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to do see what how Canes uh, is able to fare out east with that with that roster. Uh, speaking of that roster, guys, we'll we'll um, dive in a little bit here uh, division by division and, and make some predictions here really soon. But before we do that, the draft, um, you know, one through uh, draft completed uh, in the books. It was headlined, um, you know, by the one and only um, Larry Johnson, Grandmama. The Kings ended up great, getting phenomenal uh, uh, lotto luck and jumping both his picks, uh, 20s picks, jumped to number one and two in the draft. He picks up uh, John, Larry Johnson, Grandmama, and Matthew Lockhart. Uh, who both both guys had uh, pretty solid uh, training camps. Uh, your thought on the lotto and how it broke down um, since steals of the draft? Uh, I'll let uh, SPL go first, and then uh, Heaps, you can come in right behind him. Um, yeah, give me one second here. Um, I'm just pulling up the draft. 
I'll go ahead and, 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 and jump ahead. in. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, obviously, uh, 20s got just an absolute stellar stroke of luck there by getting one and two in this draft because I thought Larry Johnson and Matthew Lockhart were sort of um, no-brainer one and two there. Um, I think there's an argument for three, four, and five, and even beyond that. But one and two, I thought, you know, Johnson, obvious one, and Lockhart, I thought, pretty was pretty far above anybody else for for number two. And to be able to, to lock down both of those as your two and three going forward, he's going to be able to tank uh, going forward because he doesn't have a point guard, but yet he has just two ridiculous-looking players uh, on the perimeter to build around. So just great stroke of luck and great drafting. Um, to, to go ahead and take both of those. I, I wasn't a huge fan of uh, Faison taking Steve Smith. I thought it was sort of a low-risk, low low-reward type pick. Um, you know, obviously that anything can happen, but um, I wasn't uh, super high on Steve Smith. Um, I think, you know, dump, Sim Dump, point guard, 17-year-old, um, is the ultimate high-risk, high-reward player. Uh, we uh, we sort of know now what happens in teenage training camps, and that could turn out to be a game-breaking, better-than-Aaron-Harrison-type point guard, or it could turn out to be the next Chalky Studebaker. Um, you know, those are sort of the, 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 the two ends of the spectrum there that you can get with the 17-year-old high draft pick like that. So it, it remains to be seen what dump could be, but could be just absolutely fantastic. Um, beyond that, I, I, I really liked Dikembe Mutombo. I thought he had pretty good starting grades, uh, even though he has that C potential. I, I don't think that dump, excuse me, not dump, I, I apologize. I, I, I don't think that soup makes players to have, uh, you know, 50 actual potential. I think even with C, you're starting out, um, you know, probably 80s potential on average. So, you know, not really just shouldn't scare you away from a player who has grades as good as Dikembe, Dikembe started out with. Yeah. So as yeah, far I, as the, 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 the lottery, that's sort of, you know, the, the standouts to me was one, two were great. I thought three, Steve Smith, uh, you know, not, not something to write home about and then dump ultimate, ultimate uh, lottery ticket. And Dikembe I thought was the, the player who I thought maybe could have gone three there. I didn't really liked his grades. Yeah, I um I I will say this, Faison was really in love with Dump on the podcast, and maybe that was just a liquor, or maybe that was him just trying to throw people off on where he was going with that. But I I I, I think you were spot on with it, Steve Smith. He, he's definitely um, a safe pick, and maybe that's where he wanted to go with go there with with Jimmy uh, Chitwood. He he nailed that one out of the park the year before, and so you know, having two guys could uh, really make it rain it was maybe his mm-hmm. intention there. But I, I think uh, Sim Dump at his age was a – and his you know, he's 6'2", he's going to be made to be 6'3", because you can add the inch all the way up until, I think, 19. So he's going to be a 6'3 point guard. Um, if you add the weight to him all the way up until age 25, he can become a monster if TC responds, which it did. His first training camp was was in the positive there. So I think that was a great pick. I was taking either Dump or Brandon if they fell to me because those were my. I felt like I wanted to pick up a point guard, especially falling out of the top, uh, you know, top through two, three chances there. I, I that's where I was going to go with Brandon or Dump. So when Brandon was sitting there, it was kind of a no-brainer. Um, SPL, your thoughts on on the draft of the lotto? Maybe even somebody that uh, you know you were looking at uh, that maybe um, you know went a little lower than you anticipated. 
Um, yeah, you I mean I really thought you got a real good deal with Casey Ogmund at uh, number eight. I really liked him. Uh, Bradford Smith was another player that I really liked in this draft, but the Bulls ended up taking it number seven. Um, obviously, we talked about Mutombo. I liked him. Um, obviously, Dump, I, I, with his age, high-risk, high-reward. Um, um, obviously, not going to pound on it, but the two top picks of Johnson and Lockhart were really, really good. I thought I thought Steve Smith was a very adequate pick. I, I think that he's very safe, um, that he's going to be really good. Um, I really like Dale Davis um, at by the Wolves in, at number 14. Um, he's going to be a really good defensive inside big um, that's, gonna, that's really going to play well. Um, I really also like John Turner. I think that uh, he's, uh, by taking by the Grizzlies at 17, um, I think that he's uh, another player that um, – has a lot of good potential. Um, I think that um, um, he's, he's going to be a he's going to eventually be a real good scorer, scorer there at the small forward. Um, um, later in the first round, Greg Anthony I thought was a real good pick um, for um, where uh, Shooter got him uh, at 29. Um, Eric Murdoch I think that's real good value at 26. Um, I think Murdoch. I think both Murdoch and and Macon. I think I suggested both of those guys when you were up for your pick, and you ended up going with uh, with Ackles, which he got a, a plus three on defense when you moved him, as you pointed out earlier. So I think that was definitely the the great the good move there for you because I, I think I, I might have mentioned Monroe, um, Monroe, yeah. Macon, and Murdoch, and and they went shortly after, but none the of them had the. Like- I think I was at the Cubs game when I made that pick too. Um, if memory serves me right, um, yeah. And and we were texting back and forth, and and uh, the thing I liked about Ackles was, I mean, he was 19. I was able to put an inch on him to make him 6'10". Um, and then you told me I think I couldn't move him to small forward, and I found out later on that I could. So yeah, I I had that uh, that rule mixed up. I I wanted you to double check on the rule either way before right. you made the pick because I was a little nervous about it. But I I was under the assumption that if you were lifted as a power forward or center or one of those two, you couldn't be moved back down. So, again, yeah. me kind of being yeah, in the loop, apparently. Yeah, kind of I could move him, so then I tried um, just to see what he would look like, and I got a plus three in the defense, and, oh, that was fantastic news because now that makes him even more attractive playing there at the small forward with that rebounding and uh, that defense. So um, Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, his shooting has really uh, looked good so far, that, you know, early on. So Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, obviously, I don't want to toot my own whistle. I mean, I'm still a freaking moron, so we'll see how that goes. But, no, um, going back, I mean, Macon, Murdoch, uh, obviously good picks. Um, Greg Anthony, I thought, was a good pick. Um, um, going into the second round, um, uh, Von McDade, I thought that was really good value for where he got him at number uh, the Spurs, where the Spurs uh, drafted him. Um, yeah, I think like an idiot. I, 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 when your second round pick came up, I was like, yeah, draft Von McDade, and he had gone like twenty picks before you were up. It was just that was a yeah, big no, yeah. but you ended up, and it was funny because you ended up with Chris Gatling, who was in, um, I think it was two point oh. He was uh, drafted by O. And that was uh, oh hey there, and he was actually the Jazz GM, so it came a completely full circle with Chris Chris Gatling, who was a profile player, um, who people pretty much got scared to death with because um, you know oh I think Soup made a comment on the podcast probably 
the night or the night or two before the draft started that he was going to bust them. And I think people really legitimately got scared about that. And he amazingly fell to pick 19 in the second round. And this was a profile guy. Usually profile guys don't make it out of the first round. So the fact that he lasted all the way to pick 20 or pick 19 in the second round and you were able to scoop him up is 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 just a, is a great coup on your end. And it, yeah, was, it yeah. was by default in a way because I think Faison was just like, just tell him fucking Chris Gatling's available and make him take him. And I was like, <laughs> well, I don't think I got to make him take him. I'll just tell him that he's available. And you were like, that, that'll that work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll, I mean, I'm not, uh, I mean, that's fine. We'll see how he pans out. I mean, most likely he'll be a retard and, I mean, he'll bounce the ball off his foot out of bounds every time. So we'll see how it goes. Well, I mean, he looks pretty solid, man. He had a plus four in training camp. He, he definitely looks like a player that you can definitely invest in some, and he can turn around to to be at least a uh, uh, you know a rotational big, um, you know maybe a little bit more if if the if TCs and and if you point points into him correctly. You know, so so speaking of speaking of, of retards, I, I just want to point something out real quickly. So from about pick one twenty four until pick two three. I was trying desperately to trade back into the draft to pick one player. And at 2-3, <laughs> Banks was doing something and was holding up the draft forever. And I was like, dude, just sell me your pick. I'll buy your pick for the maximum amount I can possibly buy him for. And Banks was like, oh, don't, you know, I'm, I'm just going to – I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'll let you know. So turns out Banks picks the player that I fucking wanted, LeBron Ellis, who is amazingly available at 2-3. He's, he's – just very, very, very good starting grades for a center at age 21. Um, and this is where we get to the retarded part, the Banks. Banks, why the fuck didn't you extend Leron Ellis? Can, can uh, you explain that to me? Well, yeah, I think the uh, I think the draft, that second part of the draft, the second round was on a Friday. And history has shown that if anything in the Sim League is had, done on a Friday, I'm pretty much fucked because of work. There's the, Fridays are pretty much the only day when I'm at work and I'm – almost unavailable entirely to anything outside of work. So um, that's why I held up the draft on Friday. I got back in. I saw, the, I think, the pick, and I made it right away. Um, that uh, This whole entire weekend that just passed was just absolutely it, – it's just overwhelming with the second shop and in my shop and, and things along to, to do with the family, et cetera. I completely tuned out after the draft was completed, after I made my picks, I was like, I'm not making any free agent bids outside of Jerry Stackhouse. So if that doesn't happen, I'm, I'm taking the next few days off. Um, I wasn't anticipating soup to get uh, everything done so quickly on Sunday. Uh, Anki actually texted me was like, Hey, you know, your guys blew up in training camp. And as soon as he said that, I immediately said, I immediately, my first thought wasn't that they blew up, was the fact that I forgot to fucking extend LeBron, uh, uh, to f- extend Ellis. So, um, yeah. needless to say, I, I've uh, invested another 15,000 points into a second round big man who's uh, exploded and looks really good. I did that the last time with Najera. It turned out to be okay. But again, I'm a dipshit and I take full responsibility for that because I wanted to take a little bit of time off from the Sim League. And of course, uh, that happened to me. So you were well. I'm a bigger more, and I didn't even realize that was a fucking option. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Banks should know better. Banks should know that as soon as he drafts 2.3, especially a player that I'm that desperate to get in the draft to get, I, I even texted him. I was pretty pissed off that he took him, 
and you just immediately extend, like just you know, just immediately go to the thread and extend Ellis. That's all you have to yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, we were having our, our I think uh, if I if I look back on my text messages, I'm pretty sure I wasn't even at anywhere near a phone, uh, a laptop or anything at that point. I think I was just doing most of my stuff right off my phone. And so, yeah, I, I probably should have done it immediately. But you know, it's fifteen thousand points. I actually all the points that I didn't invest in any players last year will now be put towards extending him. Uh, Versus, uh, you know, for restricted free agency. And, yeah, SPL checkout, there's been a bunch of changes. Um, that is one you can extend. Uh, obviously, we've always been able to extend your second rounder to a third year, but you can, uh, if you have the dump dollars, you can uh, opt to restrict, uh, you know, put them into uh, restricted free agency, and then you'll be able to hang on to them, uh, you know, a while longer. But it is 15,000 dump bucks, which is uh, the equivalent of uh, three articles, which is definitely not cheap. Um, with that being no. said, we have a caller on the line. I want to welcome him in uh, Michigan. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, state your name because I'm not sure wh- which poster we have that lives out in Michigan. I'm thinking Drews, possibly. That is uh, that is correct. Thanks. It's a great right. great call. Go Irish. Go Irish. What's up, Drews? Go Irish. How's it going, guys? I just got oh. home from. RCIA class at the local Catholic church and simultaneously ordered tickets to the USC game while I was there on my phone. Thank you, Christ. That's, that's a pretty f- fantastic evening right there. Wait, do we oh, have sure. three Notre Dame fighting Irish fans on my podcast at one time? That we is do. correct. Indeed, yeah. We, 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 we need to get Ankley on here. Yeah, you mean well, we're having a nice Notre Dame circle jerk right now. Yeah, do uh, you guys want to talk about the Clemson game? No. Not really. No, not particularly. Nope. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll just, <laughs> we'll just move on from that then. <laughs> we, uh, we, we could probably bitch about the Clemson posters. They're fucking to- oh, they're, they're horrible. Oh, my fucking Lord. I mean, they're the fucking dregs of society. I mean, I wish they would all fucking just drown right now. With fucking... Well, them and half the Notre Dame posters that are feeding into it and overall are just retards. Yeah, just tell me when I can go back to that thread because it's not going to recall. Yeah, it's 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 really bad when you have shit tier posters like Frank Reynolds calling people out for being bad uh, a bad fan base. But Clemson's See, always been a very terrible. Uh, I mean, you got congressman that doesn't know what the fucking will side linebacker does, fucking arguing concept concept of a defense. I mean. The guy's a fucking retard. I mean, he's telling me, oh, no, the Will linebacker plays over uh, the strong side of the formation. What? Are you fucking stupid? Just shut up. I mean, <laughs> oh, Lord, I mean, I, I literally, I mean, after trying to explain it to him and he, him coming back and rebuttaled to me, I just said, okay, you know what? you're fucking just not worth the conversation to talk to. I regret he is, helping he, that guy with his mortgage two years ago. That's what I regret. Oh man, <laughs> he's pretty representative of that fan base. I mean, the 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 thing I I have no idea if SBL or Drew saw this, but I was I was livid after the game ended. Like it was just, I felt like we were the better team by far, and I was really pissed off. And so I went into the game thread, and I was sort of trolling people. I was just sort of like getting a little bit of uh, shit off my chest. And a lot of the Clemson posters, I think, realized that I was just being a dickhead and laughed at me. And a couple of them were a little bit defensive. But then this one dude starts, like, just really going at my wife, which was 
totally uncalled for. <laughs> like they're talking about how 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 I like to watch her get fucked by other men and then suck the jizz out of her vagina, and I was just like, wow. <laughs> like I didn't. All I said is your team isn't as good as Notre Dame, and all of a sudden you're like coming full force. Like that's incredible. So uh, yeah, that, 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 that's fan base. Yeah, right. We exactly. Need to, we, we need to check to see if Dump is a, is a closet Clemson fan after all. Um, I don't know if you could watch that game and say that Notre Dame was clearly the better team, but uh, I do think that Notre Dame uh, blew a lot of chances to win that ball game. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely think that um, watching that game, there was a lot of things that we could have done a lot better to win that game. Um, I mean, I think that Brian Kelly made some poor decisions. Um, I mean, I think that um, I think the team as a whole didn't perform as well as they should have. Um, I mean, I think that we had the opportunities to win that game. It's just unfortunately we didn't do it. Uh, do you, I mean, uh, you guys, real quick? Uh, I, we don't want to bog down on Notre Dame talk, but I know you guys are big fans. I just got two questions for you. We'll whip it around. Everybody can go at it real quick. Do you guys think that this Clemson loss is FSU 2.0, and you guys are going to take a nosedive here? Or do you think this? Team's a little bit more mature this year, and you should be able to bounce back all right. Uh, your general thoughts on that? I'll jump first. Um, I think that we should be able to bounce back. I mean, I'm the typical naysayer, the freaking pessimist of our um, of our Irish thread that it's all doom and gloom. Um, but I, I really think that right now, um, I mean, we have, um, even though we're starting a, a kid that um, is, is blue at, at quarterback, I, I think he's steps above where we've been um, at quarterback. I mean, I think that he has a lot more ability to avoid the turnovers. Um, I mean, I think that um, our offensive line is much better than where it has been. Um, and I don't think we've been hit with the injury bug like we have in the last last season where we saw a decline. I, I really think that this season we, we should still be able to finish um, at 10 and two or, or, or 11 and one and still be in a uh, playoff contention um, talk. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, sorry, just jump in there, but I, I, I think that's probably right. And the, the, the justification I'll, I'll give for that is that you look at last year's team and, you know, we, we, we would lose the playoff battle to, or the, the turnover battle to a team like Arizona State, you know, like we lost to Clemson 4-1. You know, we turned it over four times. They turned it over one time. We ended up losing to Clemson at Clemson by two points. We lost to Arizona State by God knows how many. I mean, I think we made a little bit of a run at the end there to make it not as bad, but that was a horrible game. And the fact that our defense kept us in that Clemson game I think shows sort of the the place that Notre Dame is at right now, that if we can hang with a top 10 team like that, um, making as many mistakes as we did on the road, that, you know, chances are good that if, if we don't make those mistakes, we're going to be able to, to, to beat all the teams we should and a couple of the teams maybe, you know, that we shouldn't. Drew, so your thoughts on, on where Notre Dame goes the rest of the season? Yeah, I think it's a lot different. I mean, I think our brand of football this year is more sustainable long-term, whereas, I mean, last year we didn't really run the ball all that much. Uh, we're a hell of a lot better up front and running the ball, which is, I think, just more consistent. Um, you don't have to rely on a quarterback to not turn the ball over this year as much, and I think our defense is a lot better fans the secondary, which is my biggest concern moving forward, especially against, um, like, FC and Stanford, because, Jesus Christ, our corners look like hot garbage except for 
that one play that Cole Luke made and decided to make an asshole out of himself being down 21-3 and talking shit to a crowd, like, which was so retarded. <laughs> God. That's beside the point. I guess my my second question to you guys are, Will you can you guys see Notre Dame football joining a conference officially? Are they going to officially join the ACC here down the road? Or do you never. think they're going to? Never. Never, never, never. Never. Uh, not going to happen. The only thing that would make Notre Dame join a conference is if you had to be part of a conference to make the playoffs. I mean, that, that would where, be the only thing that would that where college football is moving to, though? Uma Thurman, then fucking Notre Dame. Notre Dame I mean, joining the ACC. I mean, Banks, it's it's sort of a prisoner's dilemma, right? Because on, on the one hand, the conferences might want Notre Dame to, to join a conference and stop being greedy and taking all the money for themselves, and therefore they might try and, and force Notre Dame's hand by making the playoffs eligible only for big five power conferences. But then also, you know, the playoffs then lose the chance of, of having Notre Dame, and, you know, I just think that that's, that's not going to happen. If if, if Notre Dame is is twelve and zero, they're they're going to make the playoffs. No no no, no uh, committee of coaches or whoever makes that decision is, is going to um, exclude Notre Dame. I think that that's just that's not good for for business. I mean, I don't think if Notre if they go with being you have it to be part of a Power Five, and Notre Dame chooses not to be out in that, I, I don't think they'll have any problem looking not giving two shits if Notre Dame is in it or not in it. Um, they're making their money regardless. So, um, you know, I, I think that eventually you should, they should just join the ACC. It seems like it's a good mix. The ACC normally is, you know, you have one good team, and that's Florida State. Uh, I mean, traditionally yeah, outside but the thing of that. is Notre Dame doesn't have to do that. I mean, take a look. No, at currently, it. no, they don't. You're absolutely right. They don't have to do it. But I think down the road they're, they're maybe going to have to have their hand forced and and you know that that's kind well, of where who's going to force their hand? You mean Notre Dame? You mean right now? You mean they're a ratings draw? You mean you mean who really wants to step up to the plate and say? You mean do that to Notre Dame? You mean how many freaking independents? You mean get to come to the, the the rules meetings and 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 have a have a say in what's said? I mean, you got all. Well, the- I mean, there's no question that Notre Dame is a a blue blood school. I think that's not. I don't think that's an argument. But it's also not 1980, and they're not dominating college football any longer. So to think that that's the that's the outlook that they should take is, I think, a little. I think it's a little naive. I think it's a little arrogant. But I mean, I, that's just my my outsider looking at it. I, I'd rather just see them in a conference because they're basically flirting with one at this point. I, they're playing a lot of the ACC teams, anyways. I think what Pittsburgh's in there, Wake Forest, Boston College. I mean, they're playing a lot of the ACC squads anyway, so might as well just officially join it. I get it; it's a money thing, and they don't have to be forced. But I was just curious if you guys thought that they would they would jump. But uh, obviously, money talks at the end of the day, and uh, it's probably not in their best interest to switch. No, yeah, I think that's right. That's right. So we'll go. We'll get back to sim league now because uh, enough of this Notre Dame nonsense. Uh, though I would just say if the Bears were so lucky to draft that linebacker, I would be pretty happy with that. And that's the yeah, Notre Dame talk. I, I yeah. would see my chance if that happened. Yeah, that would be that would make me quite happy. Uh, Drew, your thoughts? I, obviously, you're you're just tuning in. Uh, we're kind of going to get into here, uh, you know, division picks and things along those lines. But before we do that, uh, your your thoughts on your roster uh, after your off season? I think uh, the guys were kind of. 
very complimentary to the Dikembe Mutombo pick, which was really solid there in the first round. Uh, where do you think you're at roster-wise, and and where do you see uh, your team moving here in the next, uh, you know, this year and maybe moving into next year? Where are you at? I have no clue. I just got so sick of fucking losing and tanking and having draft picks not, like, pan out that I just said, fuck it. There's guys available that I think can make my team halfway decent. So I don't really care. I'm just going to trade for him. Um, I mean, I don't know. Michael Smith has looked like shit so far this year, which hasn't helped. But um, I think if him and uh, Mucci can pick it up, I'll be at least halfway decent. Um, moving forward, I mean, who knows? I, I still think Cy Green could be pretty good. Um, I don't know. Whatever. I just was losing interest pretty fast with the whole, like, being fucking terrible. So I decided to just do something. You know? I, I don't blame you for that. It gets really bad uh, being at the bottom and tanking. Um, at least it's not bad as bad under soup as it was in Odin just because of Odin's, uh, you know, um, enjoyment of busting top players or making them, uh, you know, and having super guys later. It, it definitely made uh, made being a tanker not as enjoyable, made it a lot more grueling and grinding. Uh, just look, SPL, I think his first pick overall, he had the number one pick. He picked, uh, what was it, Ralph Sampson? And Sampson yeah. became, uh, 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 you know, he became a uh, poster boy for, you know, top elite uh, players in the past that uh, became absolutely dog shit in this league. So, um, you know, <laughs> I think uh, Sampson was a Thanks, level man. exception after Take his first year. Take me to call me fucking faggot next time. No, I mean, that's not even a knock on you because I think everybody going into that draft thought that Samson was pretty much uh, the consensus, consensus number one pick. I mean, nobody faulted you for doing that. I think that was the smart play and the, the wise pick, but it's just... That still hurt. Yeah, it's 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 Odin, man. Odin likes to fuck around and, and do things like that, and, and he did it, and we all drafted... Well, I think a, a lot of players draft... A lot of GMs drafted some players that they thought were going to be pretty high. I know we were discussing that um, D'Angelo Russell draft that, you know, I think it had Carl Anthony Towns and it had uh, Stanley Robbins, uh, you know, Stanley in there and, um, you know, and how he kind of just picked and choose the guys and where they went in the draft compared to what they did in real life since we ran it earlier. So that was interesting. But again, um, you know, uh, Odin had a, I think soup is more true for most, most true to what the players are. You know, maybe guys are not going to be elite in this league like they were in real life, but they're also probably not going to be complete and total bust under him either. They'll be at least serviceable. I don't think, I don't know right now if, if anybody in the top three that, you know, look to be a top three player has busted completely. Uh, Hebes and, and Drews, you've both been part of the league for the majority of Soup's run. Has he had any, like, surefire everybody thought was going to be a top, you know, two, three pick, and, and then they ended up being a buster? Has pretty much everybody who's been a top prospect has turned out to be at least serviceable? Um, I don't really remember that closely. I mean, I know Sheed kind of sucks ass. Um, yeah. But, I mean... I don't, I don't think it hurts to have busts at the, the top of the draft. I mean, that happens, you know, in real life too. I think, that, and this is nothing against Odin by any means, but I think the most annoying thing to me, especially like being draft master for the first part of the league, was just that the prospects like didn't really mirror what were in the profiles. Like, you know, like Nika Dareo blocks a lot of shots, gets rebounds, whatever. And then the guy, like, doesn't block shit for shots. Of course, you and, mentioned the you one know. guy that I did draft early on, Yinka Dare. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but it was just kind of annoying to me, and it made me feel like, okay, what the fuck am I even like writing these profiles for if the the profile isn't going to translate to what the player is, you know? Because that's kind of like at least my feelings on like how the player should be built for the most part is what by what it says in there. Yeah, so, I, I it was just annoying, but I think Super I kind of did a good job of that. I agree with your your general <clears throat> feelings on that. Like, what's in the profile should be sort of. I mean, at least loosely based on what, what uh, the player is built on. I always took it that that's what the profiles were for. I know Odin's take on what the profiles are for are completely different than pretty much my view on it, but I always thought, you know, if if the profile reads, this guy has elite blocking skills but can't shoot for dick, that you're basically going to get a player that can block a lot of shots and can't shoot. And so you're going to take the, you know, the good with the bad, but that's basically what you're going to get in a player. You know, maybe they end up being a good uh, shooter after all, but you're at least going to get that elite blocking. And that's why, and that's literally, I, I read that profile and I said, okay, my team has a ton of scores. This was the Raptors at the time. I said, I don't need any more scoring. I need some defense. Okay, this guy's going to block probably four shots a game, not take any shots. It's perfect. And then I drafted him and I think he averaged like .3 blocks per game. Uh, his rookie year, and I was just like completely blown away about it. And obviously, Odin, I think later said that he got high as he was creating them and forgot to put blocks in there or some bullshit like that. And that's why Inca was absolutely terrible. But I mean, you're right. There's been other guys. Um, SPL. I mean, uh, he. Can you think of anybody? I mean, outside of maybe Stackhouse. I mean, not Stackhouse. Uh, Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, I mean, obviously Rashid. I think Sean Williams is another player uh, that Dill drafted. He, his grades were almost too good to be true, and they turned out to be too good to be true. Um, you know, other than that, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge maybe? I mean, I, I thought he was going to be fantastic. And I think his, his, his rebounding just hasn't really done much. I don't know if he's had any points put into him. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say. If you were drafted in the top of the draft by Jerry West, I don't hold any of that. I don't know if you can jump, lump any of those players in there because he neglects his players worse than I don't think any. I don't know if there's a GM in this league that does less for his players. I think even RV will throw RCs into his players. He may not trade with anybody, but he at least puts a little bit of love in, in a player here and there. I, I, Jerry definitely does not do any of that. Absolutely not. I, uh, you know, I mean, I guess RV to an extent doesn't do it either, but. You know, I don't know if you can really include those guys. But, yeah, go ahead. Keep going with your list. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, James Harden. James Harden. I mean, that's not super surprising. And he's not a bad player by any stretch. He's just not sort of the superstar. Maybe he, he could have been um, given his strengths in the NBA, his scoring strengths in the NBA. So, you know, I mean, I, th- I think there are a few players, Ricky Rubio at the top, um, who, you know, aren't necessarily bust, but didn't really um, make or didn't become great players or haven't yet, I guess. You know, th- th- then you look at a, a player like Kevin Garnett, and you would have said last year, clearly a bust. Um, but then, you know, so far this year, it looks, looks to be um, pretty good. So, you know, Conventional wisdom has been to players take time to develop, and so maybe a lot of those players I listed are just underdeveloped so far. Well, you went in, all in on a suit player that takes longer to develop in KG and are reaping the rewards this season. Uh, and speaking of KG and, and reaping the rewards on your nets, let's 
let's dive into um, some predictions and let's go right into the Atlantic Division uh, where your nets are, are residing in. Um, SPL, since you were, uh, I just had, uh, you were just going uh, deep into it. Uh, your thoughts on the Atlantic? Who do you think is going to win the division? I think we, it was kind of universal last podcast that we pretty much thought that it was the Nets division to win with maybe, you know, and even the Eastern Conference. It was, it was, it was your, your ruling of the kingdom. Um, what do you think this year? Um, do you, why don't you go ahead and take it, Heaps? Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, sure. I, I said SPL, but I meant Heaps. I keep getting you too confused. My apologies. We're yeah, both sure, sure. addicts with both good-looking men, so I can understand how you can get confused. <laughs> <laughs> Distinguished gentlemen. Yeah, so I, uh, I, I think that the Nets will win the Atlantic Division. Um, you know, the Heat have a fantastic first three, but I'm not sure they have a lot of depth, and their front court um, is, is not that great. And, you know, in the Atlantic, there's really no other team there that is going to put up a fight. There's a lot of tankers. I actually, in my season predictions, put the Nets as having uh, the best record just because I thought I'd get so many wins out of the 76ers and the Bullets and the Magic that, um, you know, maybe the, the Thunder or the Sonics or the Lakers wouldn't be able to get out there in the, in the West with, with a more stacked uh, conference. Um, you know, so far, early results aren't great. But Niang's been out, so uh, maybe when he comes back, things will sort of gel a little bit better, um, and maybe I'll go on a run. But so far, I, I like the Nets in in the Atlantic and in the East. And in the East, uh, SP, I'll go ahead and, and take the Atlantic division on a uh, team that you think is going to win the division. Maybe a sleeper there to give the Nets a little – if you're not on the bay with the Nets, maybe a sleeper team that might give them a uh, run. Um, you mean, I, I really put, brought out my Magic 8-Ball when I made my preseason predictions because I had no fucking idea. Um, so I think somebody mentioned earlier, you mean, how the fuck can this guy be on the call when he said that this guy would average 40 points a game and I just fucking guess and I had no fucking idea. Well, um, that, that was Faison, and Faison <laughs> likes to be a little snickering schoolgirl in the background, so just ignore him. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you mean, I, I had no fucking idea. I mean, I was just throwing fucking numbers at the screen saying, I need to get something in, so I'll just fucking say this. Um, I mean, obviously he's put together a good fucking team. Um, I mean, um, the only other – I would give you a better answer if the fucking computer would work with me, but for whatever reason, when I try to pull up the standings on the website, it uh, just keeps on fucking circling. Yeah, so, the, the main yeah, board hasn't been paying the bill for the server recently, so it, it's been, yeah, so, been shit in the uh, bed. So if, you, you, if you need fucking money, just let the Irish <laughs> of the forums know, and we'll actually get you money because we actually have jobs and we work for a living. Well, I'm currently I'm currently uh, passing the basket around to the congregation, and they're they're throwing their, you mean, their we're not donations in. Like, be like fucking it's not palms for the poor where you need to fucking I mean ask for fucking nickels and dimes I mean I'll give you fucking money just ask for it <laughs> I, I promise you guys that I do pay the bills um it's it's one of the things that I always do correctly and on time I, I I'm uh, you know, uh, got a little bit of an issue with it falling behind on any kind of payments whatsoever. Um, even the smallest debts I owe, I usually pay uh, immediately back. I'll tell you Atlantic that won't fucking win, though. It's going to be the Boston Celtics because they got fucking – they have fucking dipshit as their fucking coach. And, and <laughs> so, Amen. Amen. 
So they're not going to fucking win it. So I can tell you one team that won't fucking win it, and it's going to be them. Yeah. Um, I'm not fucking sure. I mean, Atlantic Hawks, I think I looked at the score, and I think the Hawks, you mean, jumped off to a real good record. Um, But they got RW, so they're fucked. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to go with – I'm going to have to stick with – I think I'm pretty sure I said the uh, Nets were going to be my favorite to win the uh, the Atlantic, so I'm going to have to stay with the Nets. Uh, Drew, so your thoughts on the Atlantic? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the Nets or the Heat. Um, I I think that it was nice of Kings to finally grow a set for himself and make that trade for Ray Allen. Um, I, I try so hard to like that guy, and, and then he just does retarded shit like that over-the-salary cap bullshit with Faison. It was just, like, completely ridiculous. But... um. Yeah, I mean, I like I like his big three with Conley, Selby, and, and Allen. I mean, they're kind of tailor-made for the software, in my opinion. I, just, I mean, I think Min is kind of the weak link. I like what Wallace brought to the team and, and rebounding in defense. But, I mean, I think the Nets are, are also a, a very good team, obviously. I mean, um, they just need Rondo to play a little bit better and, and you know, come back and, and they'll be fine. So, I mean, I think it's between those two, either one. I mean, one will be the one seed, and one will probably be the three seed, so it's not majorly different. Uh, we'll transition over there. We'll stick here with you, Drew. So your your central division uh, right now, the Atlanta Hawks are off to a flying start. I think SPL uh, mentioned that a couple seconds ago. Um, they're out to an 11-2 and record. Um, we've seen this before from the Hawks a couple years back. They ran out and, and played fantastic basketball, and then about – 30 sims in, 30 games in they came back to earth and i think they actually missed the playoffs that year so um are they fool's gold or do you like them in the central uh where where do you think the central is where's the battle this year for the central uh being completely honest i mean i don't have my computer open i don't even remember who the hell's on the hawks team besides like isaiah thomas and he traded for what john pierce does he have a wing that's like worth a shit uh, he just went, I mean, he went and traded uh, Juan Keeney in the offseason, and he um, picked up uh, – he drafted – he traded Juan Keeney in and in a first-round pick for John Pierce because he wanted a more efficient score, go-to score. Um, in the early goings, it has paid off. He also went and picked up – oh, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but he did pick up a, a, another um, shooting guard to fill the role uh, that it got left by Juan but like I said, I'm drawing a little bit of a blank, and of course, nothing, um, nothing is loading properly. So obviously, we're going to be working at the detriment here. But I do think he picked up um, uh, from 20s a shooting guard that was pretty. Um, he got RJ Hunter. RJ, well, yeah, RJ Hunter oh, okay, was the okay. year before. Yeah, the the all scoring small uh, shooting guard. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty decent. I, I thought the Bulls were a lot better than their record indicated last year. Um, I mean, if Odin can get uh, Brandon Jennings to play better, I think he'll be a contender in that division. Lucky for me, uh, they decided to play great last season and go from, like, a top three pick to a fucking 20s pick, you know, perfect links. But um, I, I had the Bobcats pick last year. That's the only reason I say that, but... I think those three teams are kind of the standouts. Um, I'm sure the Hawks will probably collapse like they always do. So I would say the Bulls and the Bobcats probably coming out of that division. Uh, SPL, your thoughts on the Central? I don't know if you got it to load up or not. If not, we can slot it over to Hebes. 
Yeah, I mean, Soup needs to fucking get off of a fucking fucking social security shit and actually get an internet site that works. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, what what they're saying makes a ton of sense. I mean, I mean either Memphis or Atlanta uh, Hawks in that division. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I am notorious for ragging on uh, RW and his Atlanta Hawks, and I'm just, I'm just going to double down and do it here. I think they missed the playoffs. Um, you know, I think Isaiah is phenomenal. I've been, you know, I tried to trade for him. I, I went pretty heavy on him early, especially when he was underperforming uh, his first couple of years and was unable to get him. I think um, he's going to be a great point guard. Already is a great point guard, but um, RW hasn't really surrounded him with a complete team. And I think the Central is a, a pretty stout division. Um, you know, obviously it's not the Pacific but it's not the Atlantic either. And so he's going to have a hard time winning games within the division. I think the, the, the Bulls, the Bobcats, the Bucks, and maybe even the Raptors are all stronger teams top to bottom than the Hawks. Um, and so being either the you know, fourth or fifth best team in that division is, is going to come back to bite him. I think when I was looking earlier today, the only team that he had played besides the Cavs and maybe the Hornets. I think he played the Cavs, the Hornets, and the Bobcats, and he was two and one against those three teams with the loss to the Bobcats. So I think he's going to get more into division play, and you're going to see that 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 record come down. I think the Bobcats are my favorite in that division. I think um, Odin did a pretty good job building that roster, um, which was I think surprising to a lot of people. I, I also think the the Bucks um, look pretty good. I mean, um, Trophy does a great job building rosters and. We saw at the end of last year, he really turned it on and brought back a lot of the same team. So I have, uh, you know, hope that the, the, they also will be be a pretty good team. So I'd say it's between the Bobcats and the Bucks, with the Bobcats being my favorite set of the Central. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> last year we talked about it, and and I think the consensus the consensus was that you had the best team, but somebody could could make a move and get aggressive to knock you off. But it was your your conference to lose. Um, and and I predicted that Trophy would be that guy to make a move to to actually. Did you guys move the Memphis to like the East? Yeah, Memphis got moved uh, to the the Bobcats when Soup, when Soup stepped down as GM. He offered or, uh, and took over as commissioner. He offered um, Odin his um, Dallas Mavericks, and Odin uh, proclaimed that that roster was too terrible to take over. It then proceeded to win like six straight titles or some shit like that. Um, so he wanted a team out east, and they moved, and he liked the Bobcats, but he wanted to be in Memphis, so they moved him into the east. And I think he had taken over. Oh, it was the Pistons over the Pistons. Yeah, yeah the, the Pistons. Pistons franchise. Yeah, the Pistons franchise, and just renamed them the Memphis Bobcats. So that was east enough to be to be renamed. And then we also have the we also have the Grizzlies as part of the league, but they're still in Vancouver. They've never they've never moved. They they stayed in their original. Um, home so uh that that makes it a little bit uh a little bit confusing um and i think the oklahoma city thunder when you were here were not actually part of the league uh, but they came back because uh as part of uh soup stepping down he wanted to retire the dallas mavericks um entirely and so they got renamed oklahoma city thunder so that kind okay. of recaps uh where everything was um i i'm in the same boat i think the east is kind of wide open once again especially the central you guys named a lot of good teams that are all in there it's good to see that I, I ragged on Bruns really hard, but uh, I, I'm with you guys. He had too good of a roster for the results he had last year. It looks like his team has come to life a little bit this year. But um, I think the East is wide open. I know, Hebes, you said you thought your Nets were going to win it all. 
Uh, I'm going to ride with the Bucks again because I think that if somebody needs to be aggressive and make that deal, it's still going to be trophy, and I don't see a super powerhouse in the East. Um, so I'm going to stay stay the Bucks in the Central, and I'm going to pick the Bucks to win the East. Um, SPL, your thoughts on who's going to win the Eastern Conference? Um, who are you taking to win it all out East? Yeah, I'm going to kind of go with uh, Trophy as well. You mean the guy's a fucking slick, slum, slum, slick uh, slippery son of a bitch. So I'm going to go with him. All right, and Drew, who you think is going to win out East? I'm going to take Miami. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, I like Selby. I like uh, I like Conley. I don't know, whatever. Miami. Okay. That's definitely like your, your your traditional software team with three outside shooting guards, um, you know, with with Jesus Shuttleworth being considered a guard there because you know he's playing small forward or maybe Selby, but they're both they're, they're both essentially outside shooting shooting guards. Uh, and then you have your defensive big and Wallace and one decent offensive big. I mean, that's a well constructed lineup, so I have no problem with the Heat being the pick there. I think that's that's good. Yeah, I, I just think that maybe the Heat have not enough big guys, and I don't think they have any room cap-wise to make any moves. I'm pretty sure, to me, that team is locked completely. There's no movement there. I don't think he can make any movements without really you know, destroying that core of the roster. So with that being said, I don't think he has enough down low to, to carry it. But like you go, you know, like Keep said, they, they have the classic big three, you know, wings that are going to make it rain from the outside. So we'll see how they do. I was just surprised that somebody would actually trust Kane. So he, you know, Drew's, Drew's going with the, you know, with a, a off-the-radar pick there, essentially there, uh, not going with Nets, not going with the Bucks. So I like it, though. It's It's a bold prediction. Um, let's move out west, and probably not a bold prediction is going to be who's the winner of the Midwest Conference. Uh, this has been dominated by the Oklahoma City Thunder for a very long time, and once again, they're off to a uh, white-hot start at 12-2. and um, Drew, so I'm going to stick with you here. Your thoughts on the Midwest division. Uh, I, I, Thunder run away with it, or do you think the Rockets can keep it close? I think the Thunder will probably run away with it again. I mean, Dill's roster is fine, but I think Floyd needs to get better to to really power that squad into challenging the Thunder. Um, I mean, I did what I could to try and make his team worse by trading for Richardson, but I mean, Cephalosia just kind of stepped in and they didn't really lose a whole hell of a lot there, honestly. So, I mean, um, it's it's a pretty damn good squad for the next at least two or three years, I think. They'll probably have the division locked up. Uh, SPL, your thoughts on on the Western Con- or the Midwest Conference? Yeah, I mean uh, Oklahoma City. I mean they pretty much have the team to beat right now. Um, I mean, been team teams have been chasing now for a little while. So you I mean I don't see how um, to kind of pick against uh, against the grain too much on that. Uh, anybody else in the Western in the Midwest? stick out to you as uh, maybe a solid playoff team that might make a run surprise some people? Um, not really, to be honest with you. Yeah, not, not, you just think it's it's basically the only chance Midwest has is, is on the backs of Oklahoma City. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Oklahoma City, I mean, they got a lot of bottom feeders in there, so. I mean, they're going to get a lot of wins from that. So, you I mean, they, sh- they should be able to win uh, the Western Conference pretty easily. Yeah. Um, uh, Hebes, your thoughts on the Midwest? Uh, obviously, probably not a lot different from what the guys have said. 
you want to touch yeah, on? Yeah, sure. That, I'll, you know, I'll add a, a little bit more color. I mean, I think, you know, the uh, the kings of the team, you know, that have traditionally been the one slash two there with the Mavericks slash Thunder um, in, in that division, um, at least for the past, you know, while since the Rockets and the Nuggets on their declines, um, and I, and I, I think the Kings are positioned well to to make another run. I'm not sure this year is is their year. Um, they have a few more pieces to to fill out, but I th- I think they have the ammo. Um, I think Carney. I think his his goal is to to try and trade Carney to try and get Carney some some stats going into this season, making his number two scoring option, and then trade him while his stock is as high as it, it can be, which is a, which is a really good idea on his part. And so I think you know he could be able to to add a piece or two here that would uh, allow him to add depth and really fill that roster out and build around Lockhart and Johnson. And so while I, I'm not sure that 20's team is ready to compete with the Thunder right now, I think two years from now you're going to look at that division and it's going to look a lot different with the aging Thunder team, and hopefully the Kings are going to be able to really come on strong there. Uh, let's transition over to the Pacific. I think um, most people think this is the toughest division in the league uh, this season. I don't know if you guys would agree or not, but you could touch on that. Uh, Heaves, I'll let you um, – you know, break down that division. Who do you think is going to win? Obviously, you have the reigning defending champions out there. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's there's definitely no division that even comes close to touching the strength of this division, top to bottom. I mean, there's not a single tanking team uh, in here. You look at, you know, try and name the worst team in the division, and you're coming up with a team like uh, the Warriors that have Mustafa Shakur and Jalil Okafor and you know, I'm forgetting all the players they have on that roster, but you know, it's not a bad squad. It's not it's not a team that's going to win championships, but it's not it's not a bad squad either. And you look at the top of that division uh, with the Lakers and the Sonics and the Clippers, you know, the Grizzlies, the Trailblazers, the Suns. You know, those are all teams with three or four established, very good players, um, and that's just not something, frankly, that I've seen in any division since. I joined the league um, ten months ago, so it's 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 definitely uh, going to be an interesting season. I anticipate that one or two of those teams is going to go ahead and fold their hand and trade off some talent and try and try and tank. But um, right now, it looks to be really really interesting, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Yeah, it's definitely a stacked division. You're absolutely correct. It's it's actually unbelievably um, in deep and and. And like you said, how it plays out moving forward is going to be, um, you know, probably the most interesting storyline uh, moving to the trade deadline for sure. Um, uh, SPL, your thoughts on the division, who you think is going to win it? Um, you mean, you pretty much mentioned, you mean, everything good right there. You mean, division is fucking talented as all hell. Um, you mean, Golden State, you mean, Houston, you mean Seattle, I mean, any of those teams can really win that conference, you know, so, you mean, it's pretty much a coin flip. Okay, and, uh, uh, Drew, your thoughts on, on, uh, on the, the Pacific there? Yeah, I certainly picked the, uh, the best possible season to, uh, you know, trade away all my picks for talent and get tired of tanking that, that's for sure, um, definitely, uh, anticipated the sun signing two marquee free agents and diverting their plan from tanking to contending. I mean, I don't know, man, I think the Lakers got worse. Um, 
I mean, I know they've still got Porzingis and um, Stoudemire and, and Odin, but, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I don't see them as, like, that strong of a team, personally. Um, I like the Blazers. Um, it just depends on Ray Felix has been stealing a lot of shots for them right now um, that I've seen at least. Um, I don't think the Suns are quite there. I don't really, I mean, my team's decent, but I, I think it's probably going to be between the Clippers and the Sonics and maybe the Blazers to win the division. Um, obviously, Dirt's the defending champ, so, I mean, got to kind of roll with them for the time being. But, I mean, I like the moves that Jan's made to kind of get himself out of no man's land and actually start participating in the league rather than kind of hoarding some talent and making his team a black hole for players to go and die. So that's kind of nice that he's decided to be an active participant now. Yeah, I, um, I looking at that Pacific Division, it reminds me a lot of the Midwest when I uh, took my little thunder, I mean, my, my nugget rebuild after like seven years of tanking. And, and I think the, when I was actually trying to go for it, there was a lot of really top teams in the Midwest. There was the Mavs, there was the, uh, the Rockets were still really good. They were still in the part of their mini dynasty. I think um, you also had the Kings in there and Ian's Wolves were in there and they were really good. Um, and it looks like the Wolves are going to be something to reckon with here moving forward. They, they've gotten a nice little nucleus here. Um, probably another year or two of tanking and maybe going after some free agents. And AO is 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 going to be uh, one of those young teams along with the Kings that um, uh, you know it'd be someone to keep an eye out on for sure. Um, gentlemen, let's get Western Conference. I think SPO I mean SPO picked the Thunder to win uh, the Western Conference, so his matchup yeah. is um, you know he's got the the Thunder, and I'm pretty sure he has the Bucks. Uh, out east, so we'll yeah. get his championship prediction, but we'll get uh, a west and then a title prediction from Drew, so you can go first. Who you got coming out of the west, and then who do you have matching up against uh, the Miami Heat? Oh, jeez. I mean, I got to say the Thunder, honestly. Um, as much as I don't want to say the Thunder, I, I think they'll probably win the conference. I mean, I guess best odds, at least. So you think Thunder and, and the Heat, and who do you have winning it all? Oh, uh, fuck it. We'll go with Miami. Get Kane's a ring. That's Slide it all the way, hashtag. huh? Fuck it. I don't know. Whatever. Sounds good to me. SPL, you had the Thunder, and then you had the Bucks. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Thunder on the championship. You mean, I, I can't – sorry, I can't give it the trophy. Even though he's uh, somewhat of a Chicago sports fan, i got to give it to uh, Oklahoma City. And uh, Hebes, uh your thoughts on who wins the West and then – who matches up with the Nets? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I could see any of the Thunder. I mean, frankly, I see a lot of teams. I think the the three prohibitive favorites are the Thunder, the Clippers, and the Sonics, um, and they're all pretty different teams. And I, I like them all for different reasons. But because of the history, because of the talent, because of the the, the super twin, I have to say that the Thunder uh, would be my pick to come out of the West. So in the Thunder Nets, I think you know it's going to be uh, a perpetuation of my uh, Buffalo Billness, and I think the Thunder are going to beat me once again in the finals. Oh, geez. That would be absolutely brutal. I think the Thunder have come back to the pack as far as uh, when it comes to playoff time, when you're going to go against the best of the best of the league. I think you're going to see GMs be more aggressive again this year, noting what happened last year with 
uh, dirt going forward, uh, you know, trophy going forward, and, and these guys that actually made pushes at the trade deadline who went very far into the playoffs. I think they got rewarded for being aggressive and, and, and really making a bold move. I think you're going to have a little uh, more of that this season, even though there's an awful lot of tankers, um, you know, in the Midwest and, and in the Atlantic. You've still got teams that are, that are got a, you know, right on the cuffs. You know, the Bulls have had a pretty good roster. Obviously, the Bucks and the Nets will always be aggressive. Who knows what RV's, uh, RW is going to do. But I think somebody can knock off the Thunder. Um, uh, my prediction to win out, out of the West, I'm going to go with um, – I actually think the Trailblazers are going to do it. They, they seem like a team that are a, a big, uh, you know, like Drews uh, uh, touched on it. Um, some shots are being stolen. I think maybe he makes a deal. Uh, to tweak that big man uh, situation a little bit. And I, I was really high on the Blazers last year. I think the Blazers come out of the West this year as a little surprise dark horse. Um, and I have them going against the Bucks because I took the Bucks to win out there. And I think Trophy wins a title this year. Um, and, and that would be my, my bold prediction on the, on the Sim League Finals. Um, with all that being said, gentlemen, we are at the end of our podcast. Um, uh, baseball predictions, obviously baseball starting up tomorrow, tonight, uh, the first wild card game, and it looks like uh, the Astros are up currently, and um, tomorrow is uh, NL wild card with the Cubs and Pirates. Let's get a baseball prediction. Uh, Heebs, you can go first. Who do you think is going to win it all? Who do you, uh, who's going to win the World Series this year? Uh, man, tell you what, I really could care less about baseball, so I'm going to go with the one <laughs> team I know is in the playoffs and say the Chicago Cubs are going to win the World Series. <laughs> we love you. You can come on this podcast any day you want. <laughs> SPL, um, a low, a lifelong Cub fan. Um, where do you think what's going to happen in the playoffs this year? Do you the Cubs win tomorrow, or or what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I think the Cubs are going to win tomorrow, and I think that we're going to have a real hard time with uh, St. Louis in the next round. So um, I'm expecting my heart to be broken again, but. Um, I mean, I have optimistic thoughts, but uh, we'll see. Uh, who do you think is going to win the whole thing, uh, all playoffs? Who you, who you think is going to lift um, the World Series title? I mean, going with the whole thing, I mean, I don't know. You mean, I, I, mean, I, I would think, I mean, I really like the team that Texas has out there. I mean, um, I think they've made a lot of good moves, and they've been really hot in the second half of the season. Um We'll see. I mean, I would. I'll probably lean towards Texas just because uh, Texas has to get something. But I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope and pray for my Cubs. All right, and uh, Drews, your thoughts on on the baseball playoffs and how they run out? Uh, I kind of want to see the Blue Jays against the Mets in the World Series, and honestly, I could see either team winning. But I'm gonna say the Mets. I don't know why, or I have no reason to say that. I just I don't know. I think they'll win. They're starting like, pitching is filthy. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, the Mets have uh, the pitching to slow down any hot team. I think in the past, baseball, the hottest teams going in usually make a, a really good run. Uh, you saw last year the Royals were really hot to, to finish the year, and they, they made it all the way. Um, you know, I'm going to stay with hot teams. I'm going to say either the, either the Rangers or the Blue Jays come out west. I'm just going to go with um, – I mean, damn, that Blue Jays lineup is just so ferocious. It's it's tough. I mean, yeah, they're now getting what's his face back off of uh, Tulowitzki. Yeah, yeah. Tulowitzki. So yeah. to just make the lineup that much better. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, the Rangers have the pitching to slow it down some, 
But, I mean, that lineup is – and if any team was going to knock them off, I think it would be the Rangers out west. Um, but I, I just – I just, I mean, maybe Houston's too stupid to not lose. I don't know. But I, I think it's going to be the, the the Blue Jays. That that lineup is just – it's just nasty, and I, they mash. And I think they have just enough starting pitching to, um, you know, to keep them into the games enough. Uh, what their bullpen does might be an issue. But I, I think the Blue Jays are just – I think they're the hottest team in baseball since – I think the trade deadline maybe a little bit before that or a little bit after that, but they're 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 on fire. So I'm going to say the Blue Jays make it out west. And I I've said this for like a week now, but I thought a week or two now, but I think that the winner of the wild card game tomorrow is going to make it to the World Series. My heart obviously is going to say Chicago, but I really think I've been punched in the in the nuts way too often uh, to not pick the Pirates. Um, uh, Garrett Cole is a monster. He's a great a great starting pitcher, and he doesn't get a lot of love because he's out in Pittsburgh. Um, and the Cubs lineup has been hit or miss. It's been more hit in the second half, but they definitely can um, get shut down. They're a high strikeout lineup, and Garrett Cole is a power strikeout pitcher. Probably not a good combination. Um, Pirates at home, I think they win it, and I think the Pirates make it all the way to the championship with the Blue Jays and Pirates. And um, I think the Blue Jays are going to win it all when it's all said and done. Just way too much hitting, uh, way, way too much offense. It's going to be fun watching them play because there's going to be a ton of runs scored, and everybody complains that baseball doesn't have enough runs scored. I think they're they're your um, you know they're your marquee team that baseball is going to want to push. So I think the Jays win. And with that being said, our podcast we can wrap it up. Uh, SPL, one thing that we do here when we are leaving, we we do a, a one final shot, one final flame, one final jab, one final anything word. You can be nice. You can be. You can be slick. You can do whatever you want, but we throw it around, and everybody can have a parting shot. Since Drews is our call-in, um, we'll let him go first. Uh, Drews, uh, parting shot for the league before we sign off here. Yeah, I just want to know who pissed in Ank's Cheerios the last like week because he's been irritating the shit out of me. Not gonna lie, with his shooting guard stupid fucking rule proposal, and then bitching about draft profiles on shit that is like irrelevant as hell. It's been irritating as shit. Is he on now that C plus rebounding bullshit or whatever the fuck it is? That yeah. now like dump is now going into like every single thread and asking for guys to have their rebound changed. Yes. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Ank. Ank is. Ank should be a pretty happy guy. He shouldn't be bitter, and he comes off very bitter the last few days. But he he's he's getting his nerd on. So I don't know what else you can do about that. Um, Heaves, I'll let you go next. We'll let SPL be the final shout-out uh, of our night. So, Heaves, uh, shout-out, final call to the Sim League. Yeah, I mean, so uh, last last week, or last podcast, Banks, you took a, a, a few unwarranted shots at me. Um, I wasn't here to defend myself. You were having a good time. Maybe you had a few too many beverages. And I'm going to be the bigger person, and I'm not going to point out that you're the worst GM in the Western Conference, and I'm not going to point out that you're terrible to, to negotiate trades with, and I'm not going to point out you're generally a fucktard. So I'm going to be the bigger person and not say any of those things. Well, I really appreciate that, man. After you picked my Cubs to win the World Series, that you uh, slowly rolled me over the bu- under the bus. I, I do love that. Um, but as always, it's it's open reign. So uh, if I throw it, yeah, I can definitely take it. Uh, SPL, man, uh, parting shot for the league. Anything you want to get off your chest or anything you want to say before we sign off? Sure. I'll uh, say something to uh, two of the people that will appreciate this on the, on, the, uh, on the call. Go Irish and fuck the rest of you. And, uh, 
Amen. Go Irish. <laughs> Go Irish and fuck the rest of you. And, I mean, really all that really fucking matters to me. I mean, um, the rest of this is just um, numbers and having fun and, I mean, fucking around and having uh, having a good time. So, um, yeah, that's about it. All right. Uh, and with that being said, I want to thank SPL for joining us. Coming back to the league, I think you're uh, actually a very big plus to the league. Hopefully, um, you know, people understand that you're just a good guy and you're not into all that bickering and all that bullshit. So uh, people can just respect that. I think we're all mature enough and all adult enough to do that. Uh, Drew, big, uh, big fan of you calling in. I, I want you to get on here to co-host one night. Um, it's cool that you, you hopped in and, and made the phone call. I appreciate that as always. We always love callers. And uh, Hebes, as always, you're you're always spot on with your knowledge of the league, so thank you very much. Uh, my parting shot is I don't have a parting shot, to be very honest. I just want the Cubs to win. I think 100-plus years were due. Uh, that's an understatement. Um, this team is just fucking phenomenal to watch all season. I really don't want the year. Uh, selfishly, I just don't want to stop uh, watching this team um, you know, keep going, and uh, I just want to see these young guys mash. And everybody who um, talks shit from soup to Ocho to just about everybody in that thread, Canes, uh, you can all suck Chris Bryant's uh, balls because he is without question a top 25 player in the league and without question a top 30 hitter this year. So dump, cash my fucking dump bunks because I need them because I fucked up and I have to spend $15,000 to restrict any free agent some some second-round twat. So give me my dollars. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a good night, and we'll be back for a playoff podcast. Maybe it'll be a power hour podcast because I know Ank is getting that all set up as well. So hopefully we'll be a bunch of drunk fucktards uh, having a good time next time out. Uh, thanks, as always, guys, and good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.